Welcome to the Calming Ground Podcast. I'm your host, Elizabeth Minton, psychotherapist and mindfulness coach. This podcast is designed to offer you inspiration, wisdom, and actionable steps to support you to nurture your inner light. My interest in forest bathing started since I was a child without even knowing what it was. I think that's true for many of us, isn't it? I often went to the woods to play and build forts and other fantasies. I also went to the woods to find refuge. As a child, my grandparents lived in the mountains of North Carolina, and that was one of my favorite places to go, to hike in the mountains and swim in the lake nestled in the mountains. One of the parts that I found quite challenging as an adult being a psychotherapist is that I was always indoors. I loved the people, the sense of connection, the courageous vulnerability that people brought into their sessions. And yet the natural world was such a missing part for me. Sitting indoors all day just seemed to remove us from one of the areas that I find most centering and healing, the outdoors. Sometimes those four office walls are so important to serve as a safe container for emotional processing that feels so tender and needs that kind of holding. And sometimes feeling that connection to the expanse and life all around us, the trees, the sky, the wind, the plants, the soil can be its own version of therapy. My husband, Scott, comes from a completely different background than I do of parks and recreation. So the outdoors is an area of common ground and being outdoors is a value we both cherish. So he and I did some research together and found out about forest bathing several years ago. Forest bathing is also known as forest therapy or shinrin-yoku. We learned that forest bathing is a practice that promotes healing, calm, balance, and wellness by slowing down, connecting, and dropping into our senses. The practice of forest bathing comes from the practice of Shinrin-yoku in Japan, and research shows that it offers many health benefits, including physical benefits and improvement in mood and cognition. If you just go on a walk in a forest, your cortisol levels can drop, your heart rate can decrease, your blood pressure can decrease, and your body's fight or flight system can stabilize. This then leads to a more robust immune system. In 2007, there was a study that found that people who went on Two-hour walks in the woods for two days had a 50% increase in natural killer cells, which are very important for our immune system. One reason for this might be the natural chemicals that evergreen trees release in the air called phytoncides. These chemicals have been shown to boost our immune system. There's plenty of research that shows that forest bathing boosts memory, concentration, helps engaging creativity, and improves overall mood. So Scott and I decided this training was worth our investment. We signed up to train in Costa Rica and become certified forest bathing guides. In this training, we would go out and spend hours being guided in the natural landscape and learning about the forest bathing sequence and the art of guiding. The practice of forest bathing is open-ended and offers the possibility of spontaneity depending on the group of people participating, as well as what's happening in the natural landscape in the moment. And yet, 
There's also a structured sequence that as guides we follow. The entire experience pivots around the notion that we are in constant relationship with the earth and this relationship is mutual. We touch the tree, the tree touches us. We breathe in the oxygen that the trees and plants exhale and we exhale the carbon dioxide that the trees and plants inhale. We touch the rock, the rock touches us. We behold the plant, the plant beholds us. So many of us are taught to believe that the beings around us, the trees, the plants, the soil, the rocks, etc., do not have a way to relate to us that is meaningful beyond utility. In forest bathing, there is a belief that there is much more to these relationships. The rocks, the air, the sun, the water, all have spirit. And we can move and be moved by these beings emotionally or spiritually. Think about the natural world in this paradigm, and it requires some stretching for many of us. And yet suddenly these beings, the blade of grass, the ants, the sticks, the leaves, become friendly and offer the possibility of connection. In many indigenous cultures, this way of relating to the world is very familiar. Another very important aspect of forest bathing is that of slowing down. As part of the experience, we invite participants to notice the crossing of the threshold. The threshold denotes when we are moving from a parking lot or paved space in the beginning of the forest bathing experience and transitioning into the natural landscape. Sometimes this is a process of crossing a bridge, stepping on a path, etc. Once we cross that threshold, we invite everything to slow down. We engage in a grounding and meditative centering experience that engages the senses and offers space to connect with the land and ourselves. And then we move through a series of invitations to playfully or contemplatively be, be receptive and in relationship with all the natural beings around us. The experience culminates with a tea ceremony, an offering of tea to the earth in gratitude and a gathering of simply drinking tea made of herbs from the land we are enjoying with the people that we move through this lovely experience with. I've incorporated forest bathing into my therapeutic work. I have offered forest bathing in my community and in my family. And I have offered forest bathing as a part of the Common Ground self-care membership. For me, this isn't just an experience. It's a way of being. It's a way of experiencing myself on earth and in relationship to the earth. As part of this podcast episode, I invited people I've guided to speak about their experiences. Some of these people are family members and some I know from the community. I also engaged in a conversation with my husband as he and I trained together and have led many forest bathing experiences together for others. Enjoy. So I wonder if we can start with just maybe what drew us to wanting to become guides. Forest bathing guides. So I am, I've always had an interest in being in the outdoors and it has been a place for me of refuge and peace and adventure. I've always been a hiker since, I mean, since I was a kid and making forts outside was really fun for me. And then as I grew older, I got interested in backpacking and camping and so many outdoor activities and I could always find my peace in the outdoors. And so when I learned about forest bathing as a form of medicine in the sense that 
you know, we, there we can find our calm, our center, our healing through forest bathing. I was interested. I was interested mostly for my own understanding of what is forest bathing and how can I incorporate that into my life? Then I was also interested in the possibility of expanding my work to include a healing and transformative outdoor experience. So that's what brought me. How about you? Uh, I, I, my background is, is similar. I definitely intuitively found being out in nature as a refuge kind of sanctuary for me. Uh, as a young kid, I spent most of my days outside and had wooded areas. We, we had we actually did, had different types of we had what we would refer to as the weeds, which you know had some briars and all kinds of things. And and so so I I, ex, I grew up exploring the outside, and I just found that no matter what was going on at home or at school, that when I was able to, I was just drawn out. And so when I heard about forest bathing or Shinrin Yoku as, uh, you know, a therapy, I thought that, boy, it really makes sense. And it's, it was a, a great space for us to meet professionally, you know, coming from a recreational background, you know, we have parks and everything like that. And you're a therapist. And uh, I think that's what we started looking to do as, you know, maybe a joint effort. So I think that when when opportunity came and you were interested, I was like, yeah, let's let's do this. And what has been an example of a really impactful experience for you? And this question's for me too. Forest bathing experience. And forest bathing. Right. Well, one of the first times we did uh, forest bathing, like quote unquote, was in our uh, our training session. Um, we were given a, a prompt to go out and I found a tree that called to me. And, you know, at some point I felt I wasn't quite breathe, like totally drinking the Kool-Aid at that point. I was like, I know that nature, you know, and being outdoors is, is something that I, I enjoy. And I didn't quite understand the reciprocity of, you know, I, I understood from my perspective what I got from it. And I went off and I said, by this tree, and I just leaning into it and trying to understand what the reciprocity means. And I just, just a warmness came over me and I had a vision of myself and it felt like it was the tree that was projecting it into my mind of like how its roots connected to all the different roots from Costa Rica all the way to, to Pataskalo, Ohio. And the trees that I grew up near had shared, you know, this vision of me walking through the through the forest in times that I needed, you know, some healing. And I saw myself as I'm hugging, like leaning up against this tree and that moment in a time that I, you know, just needed to be held and being outdoors and, 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 and amongst the, those living beings held me. That moment that the vision came into my mind about that, I knew that this was something that was really powerful. So I'm going to, I've talked about, I, I have a tree one too, 
And I'm going to give a different one. I remember one time when we were in our training to become guides in Costa Rica, we had an invitation to find a rock and um, that just seemed to call out to us or just we were drawn toward. And I picked up a rock and it was a fairly big size. Like I could hold it in the palm of my hand, but it was bigger than my hand. And it had some heaviness to it. And I remember that she invited us to hold the rock to our heart and to see if anything came up for us in terms of a message. And I remember feeling the rock held at my heart and then to hold it, the rock to our um, cheek. And I remember feeling the coolness and the smoothness of the rock on my cheek. And then at some point I held a rock to my like center, to my belly. And I remember feeling the support of this rock, this in forest bathing, there's this sense of every being has a spirit. Every being is alive in its own way, even rocks and soil and air and sun and all of that, that we oftentimes in, in, in our Western cultures don't consider alive, or maybe at least not, you know, indigenous cultures would, but not in, not in, I mean, like, I guess the, the culture that has taken over. And so I am so impacted still when I think about the rock and how it held me and my experience, even though actually, I guess I was holding the rock in my hand, but I felt held. I felt like I had the strength and the endurance of this rock and my heart, at my heart, at my cheek, at my belly. And there was this tenderness in that relationship in that moment towards that sturdiness. Yeah. So I'm wondering if there's any aspect in particular of forest bathing itself that you or I find particularly have either have resonance with or that offers us a new way of being or a new way of looking at things or maybe a new way of guiding others in the experience of the outdoors. And I can start or you can start. Uh, I think I started last time. You can go. Okay. So I think two things for me, forest bathing has a series of invitations and I, and the idea is often that you go into the woods or if it's not the woods, the plains or wherever it is, it can be anywhere. Um, you know, we're just in the natural world in some form and see what's kind of moving in, in us. And I tend to be a planner. I know I've mentioned that in this podcast. And so I tend to try to figure things out beforehand. And there's been lots of times I would say that I went out with my plan. And then as I Got there ahead of time and I was walking around. I can remember one time in, in particular, this happened in the winter time. It was snowy, really snowy when we were out. And I shift, I shift because of the feeling of that I'm getting in that land and what seems inviting to me or what seems to be coming up for me. And that's a really beautiful part I think about forest bathing is allowing the outdoors to have that kind of impact. So even though you might come in with a plan, there's still that creative relationship and connection that can, that can be existing and and very much alive in the moment. And then the other thing that for me that I think is really impactful as well is the tea ceremony, I would say, as a way of 
bringing the experience into the shared ritual and also the giving the first tea cup, the first drops of tea to the earth itself, the land itself as a gratitude. Well, I, I, I enjoy both of those segments as well. I think what I would probably add and maybe working with that, and I think it's why the formula works out so well, is the slowing down. It's the, the process just before you're able to notice what is all around you and what's what's in motion as we walk into our and and around our environment as we slow ourselves down and we forget about the world that we're coming from and allow our allow that part of our life just to stop existing and then just look around at the millions or billions of living beings that are around us. And like, it, like you said before, you know, the rocks are alive. Everything has had a history up until that point. And now here we are, we are coming across in our paths are crossing. And some of the things like rocks have been around for so long, trees have been around for so long, and here we come, just mm-hmm. a blip on the radar of, of how long they've been and will be. And and we have our moment and time to share with them. And that slowing down to be able to observe that uh, is, is one of the, the key elements for me, because sometimes I have, you know, I may not be as much of a planner, but I am somebody that is in my head a lot. So as, as I slowly walk into this, this setting, I notice that those things just start to pop out. And just out of curiosity, Scott, um, you and I have co-led several, several walks. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering, I'm putting you on the spot here, but I'm wondering if there's anything that comes up to you around co-leading and also we're married. So like we have a relationship coming into this with ourselves, relationship with the land. Mm-hmm. And if there's anything that comes up for you around that. I think about in relation you know we're in we're in relation with every living being, and since we're married, obviously we're in relation with one another and and how we show up and try to bring this experience to others is a great opportunity for us to like press into different different ways of being and share this uh, opportunity that we've we were like, hey, we both enjoy this. And then we go out and say, Hey, you know what? I think you're going to like this. Come, come sit back. And so it feels like we're sort of hosting a party (laughs) where there's, where there's a a tea ceremony at the end and there's lots of great entertainment that's around. And we're just kind of like in it for, you know, this, this great opportunity that really all we have to do is be there and host. And then uh, the, the natural world around us just takes over. And I think the other piece for me that comes up is around safety and trust. And I think that um, for me, the natural world has been really for a place of, like I mentioned in the beginning, refuge. And and I think safety and a sense of solace and connection when I felt in different points in my life alone 
And I think there's also something really lovely. And I have, I have led, um, walks individually, like just, just me as a, as a guide and then also co-led with you. And I think there's something really lovely about sharing that, that safety that's within the, you know, our relationship, but then also extending on and sharing that experience with the land, with the birds and the ants and the wind and the sun and the people who join us in those walks. It's really special. I, I think it's interesting that we talk about co-leading and, and really the, we're not the leaders. Yeah, that's it, true. It is the, it is the out, outside yeah, the world that world, is yeah. kind of leading us to them. Uh-huh. And, and it takes a, another perspective. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Well, thank you. Is there anything else you wanted to share before we pause? No. No? Thank you. Okay. For asking. Yeah. Such great questions. Ready to strengthen your self-care practice? I have a free guide for you to help you identify the areas in your life where you need the most replenishment and learn the next steps you can take to feel more relaxed and restored. To get the guide, go to www.thecalminggroundforward/opt-in. The link is in the show notes so that you can live the ease-filled life you dream of. When you think about your experience of forest bathing, what aspect of your experience stands out the most for you? What, for example, is there anything that's particularly impactful or memorable for you when you went forest bathing? Well, actually, there are several aspects that were really impactful for me. First, you come into this experience or I come into this experience and I've got all the noise in my head of what, where I've been before I entered this moment. And the introduction, the beginning of the forest bathing process really enables the retreat from the ordinary life into this new kind of transformational space of incredible presence, of really being attuned to what's happening in the moment. And the environment kind of brings that to life in a very focused way. And it was pretty impressive the way in which I could just kind of let go of where I was and join into this moment of being present. And as the time passed, as more awareness came to be, what I noticed was my breath relaxed and everything seemed brighter in nature. And I noticed what normally I walk past. I took note of the small aspects of nature, the leaves, the crunching of my feet, the sound of the birds, and the sense of the air and on my body or the sun on my body. So I went into a completely different experience of presence than is part of my normal living. And what did you notice? You might have kind of spoken to this, but I don't know if anything else comes up. What did you notice as you entered into this experience and as you transitioned from the experience? So for example, what was different or was anything different in terms of how you felt within yourself how you felt maybe in connection with the land or, and as you, you kind of already spoke to this a bit, but in connection with the present moment, what was different when you, before and then after? In the anticipation of doing it, I, I didn't have any idea what this was going to be like. So I was more activated in my body. I was maybe a little bit more anxious um, about what this was going to be. 
So there was a process of letting go of all of that and um, just kind of transitioning into a much more deeper and quiet space, both within myself, but also in nature. And my experience slowed down dramatically. There was no sense of time. There was no sense of performance. It was just in the being with whatever I was experiencing, both in my body, but also through my senses. In that experience, there was a deeper sense of tranquility and a deeper sense of awareness simultaneously. And that continued through most of the time once I entered into the experience. And transitioning out was much more about one that was kind of hard to let go of because it was really lovely being in that space. And also I could take that with me. I could take that sense of quiet that was within me, that sense of seeing and being. I could continue to take that with me, maybe not with the same intensity because it wasn't guided, but definitely more than my ordinary way of being in the day or in myself or with what is. And I'm just curious, did anything surprise you? Surprised me how I was in a group, but I didn't feel in any way inhibited by the group. I was in my own journey. And even though it was kind of nice to have company in the journey, even though we were each in our own experience, it was there was something communal about it that surprised me. And is there anything else you'd like to share? I guess I just want to encourage anyone who hasn't done it to try this journey. Because once done, I think I can go into nature with doing a little bit of those steps on my own and getting into the experience of nature within and outside of me much quicker. Thanks for sharing. You're welcome. Thank you for asking. When you think about your experience of forest bathing, what is the aspect that stands out the most for you or is most memorable? I think the most memorable for me was was the energy that I could feel, the nuanced energy that I could feel from a leaf. We had an exercise where we went off by ourselves with something of nature, which I decided a leaf. And I went with that leaf and I could, I could actually feel that subtle energy of the leaf. And also the tea ceremony where we have tea with everybody else at the end of the forest bathing. And it was just wonderful because that subtle energy would, would come through with people. And then, the, you know, you had the, the trees that, you know, was a kind of a canopy. And it felt like, you know, it felt like I was held and it felt really good. And when you think about how you were before you entered into the forest bathing experience and then how you were after, or was there a difference at all? Or what was the difference if there was one and how you felt within yourself in connection with the land around you, in connection with the present moment, anything? Well, prior to that, I, I did a lot of hiking in the woods and I did a lot of activities and I always felt good in the woods. So, so I just felt that it would be a continuation of that feeling, just feeling present, feeling now. And what happened was in forest bathing, you move slowly. So you can take it all in. And that moving slowly and recognizing again that 
that the energy comes from many sources besides ourselves. That's what changed, I think. Now, when I walk or hike in the woods, I basically devote a, you know, a, a part of the time to walking very slowly and just taking in the nuances of things, the colors, the energy, the beauty, even when it's not always pretty. Like if there's litter, I, I take in the litter and the energy with that. And there's this, this energy taking in that I didn't really do before, but before I hiked through it like a mission. And that's not the way I want to, you know, uh, deal with the, you know, the, the universe or the forest. Thank you. And is there anything else that you'd like to share? I, I think the tea ceremony was really good as well. The tea ceremony was the ceremony at the end when we all got together for fellowship. And it wasn't like we talked. But it was just that nice sense of people and nature together. And that was very meaningful to me. Well, thank you so much for sharing. Sure. So my first question is, when you think about your experience of forest bathing, what aspect of your experience stands out the most for you? And this could be something that was particularly memorable. It could be something that was particularly impactful. Just whatever stands out. Well, I I asked you if if I could, you know, receive this experience because our relationship has been um, you know, vetted and, you know, you're safe. So I knew that whatever was going to be offered even though it was new to me, um, again, was going to be safe. So I, I came into the experience with the intent and with the goal to be to be open to anything that presents itself. What I was expecting and what I received was that the noise and the vibration that's ever present for me, that's just the the proverbial to-do list and always teetering on anxiety and obligation and fear that I could, you know, pause that and just let, let the forest hold it for a minute where I can't, I've found that pause in moments, but not, not consistently and not for big durations, but for forest bathing, it was as soon as I ceremoniously, you know, crossed this threshold that you defined that then I was invited to just, that everything was okay. And that I would return to these responsibilities in a moment you know you and the trees would just hold it that's why i did it and that's why i'd like to do it again so you're kind of speaking to this but i'm going to just see if anything else comes up and if not it's totally fine but if you think about what you were noticing when you came into that experience maybe maybe prior to crossing that threshold into the natural world well, there's a tremendous amount of excitement of, I know this is going to be really good. So it was, it was a, a childlike, you know, kind of giddiness. You know, I rushed to, to our scheduled time. Well, I, I just rushed there and I had all of these things that I had to do before our scheduled meeting and all these things to do after our scheduled meeting. So I parked and you were already there and it was a super cold day with snow and which made it even, you know, even more um, impactful because I was thinking about this earlier. So I read your 
your preparatory question. So I've been kind of reflecting the last 24 hours or so. And, and what came to me earlier this morning was that, you know, I feel like so our bodies as organisms are receiving data all the time. And that's, that's their job. Um, you have all of these incredibly um, sensitive and sophisticated devices um, to take all of this diagnostic data or, or metrics data or metrics, whatever. So I can't turn off that data, even if I don't like the data. So accepting the data for what it is to respond or not to respond or to slow it down, that has proven to be a significant component to to wellness, but but also as what's needed to to actually connect. And then not only participate in life, but in really lucky moments, you know, become life itself. But when I was invited during the forest bathing, I was invited to, to choose to choose my own next thing. And I decided to go into a river or a stream or a creek or a creek, whichever, that was quite cold. And I sat in a pose that I had been taught so that you, you have the consciousness required to hold the pose so then you can receive the message as opposed to just sitting on a couch, which requires no conscious effort whatsoever. But I went into that river and really not, not with any totally articulated plan because I had already you know, we were about halfway through the forest bathing. So I was, I had successfully paused the to-do list to, to enough, you know, enough that, that I, I just dreamily walked into the river and then realized that, that it, it was super cold and I wanted to get out of the river immediately. And then started thinking about um, the data of, of the likes and dislikes that is designed to keep me safe from a survival basis, but isn't largely needed most of the time in the modern comforts of our society um, that is largely free of, of true threats that were present thousands of years ago, presumably. So the deliberate dislike of being cold was invited, and then the then the challenge or the invitation was can we make that less important you know can we make our our personal likes and dislikes that our body is feeling less important and tell our body hey, you're safe let's let's see what else is here and then for me you know what presents is undeniable that that however necessary likes and dislikes are and however necessary that the data stream is written on you and ever present, it's not the only thing in that you can receive it, acknowledge it, and accept the invitation that the universe is making in each moment. Then everything that was so complicated before, I mean, just dissolves because it was never there to begin with. You manifested it. And I'm wondering... As you moved back, so we crossed back over the threshold at the end, right? And you're back into 
the parking lot, <laughs> essentially, right back into the, the world that we've created, I think, you know, as humans. And I'm wondering, what did you notice as you were crossing back from this experience? I went back to work pretty quick. So I didn't linger. I felt very served and very blessed and filled with gratitude and, and peace. And it was fantastic. That truth requires nourishment in every moment. You know, I go back and forth and I get better at at consistently nourishing, you know, the opportunity to have the capacity to receive the invitation. But I, you know, I fall down a lot. But to even have known it, you know, for a moment um, is enough. But I, you know, I, I went back to work as soon as we, you know, ceremoniously disengaged from the forest, knowing that it's there, knowing that I've been invited, I know how to access it. Also with the obligation to put my inputs into it as well and not just take from it. A joyful um, reconnection to professional responsibilities that that are particularly time sensitive and and then there's a real joy in in a readiness as well with the work mission that it is it's maintained and it's also nourished in real time throughout the day so that the people that I've pledged to show up for that I'm showing up for so there's there's a tremendous amount of pleasure in that um, the resentment equations that I manifest they're rooted in childhood trauma that then you know, is a moral, in, pardon me, a moral injury observing, you know, the structure that, that I've created or partially created or somewhat created along with, with others that I'm, I'm morally judging people that they're not, they're doing something wrong and they're, they're doing it wrong by my individual truth assessment because it's injurious or injurious. That's how I pronounce it. But I feel the opportunity in each moment is to dissolve my dislikes, to dissolve, to dissolve actually my dislikes of the moral injury that I'm observing that someone isn't doing what I think that they should do. Um, that's also a dislike. So I, I know I'm a little bit circular in my words because even though my partner, Heather, says, you know, find the middle... I don't, I don't think that there's actually a middle. Thank you so much for listening today. Subscribe to not miss another episode. And please share this podcast with a friend you think might benefit. I'd love to remind as many people as possible that they too can have the peace, calm, and rejuvenation that a little self-love and care can bring. And lastly, I'd love if you would leave me a review and let me know how I'm doing. See you next week.